Welcome to Whole Complete Self Podcast, where we teach people how to live a joyful life. We are so happy that you came to join us today. Hello, and thank you for joining us. My name is Candace Miller, and I am your host. We have Tisa Collier here with us today. Tisa, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Candace, for having me. Well, Tisa is just such an amazing person. She's so warm and loving and kind and has an amazing story that I'm excited for her to share with you. Tisa, why don't you just start by just um, introducing yourself? Yeah, I was born in the Philippines and um, I was adopted when I was 10 months. My dad was in the Air Force and we left the Philippines when I was two and a half. I mostly grew up in Henderson, Nevada. I'm married for 25 years and we have three kids. We have two boys, 22 and 20. And then we have a daughter-in-law as well. She's married to my oldest son. And then our daughter who's 15. We've been, we've lived in um, Las Vegas, Albuquerque, Guam and Phoenix. Some of my hobbies are journaling, lettering, taking pics, anything creative to me are all good things. And um, some things I'm passionate about are details. And it sounds kind of weird, but I'm obsessed about detail. Um, it could be in conversation or be just when I'm being creative, projects that I'm working on and when I'm decorating, you know, anything, the craft or whatever. Um, I'm also passionate about my family. I love that. And another thing I would have to say is that you are so good at being positive. You are such like, you're always a smiling, happy face. And um, Tisa has really been through a lot in the last 10 years. So that, that is a very good trait about you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So Tisa, tell us the last 10 years for you has really been crazy, a wild ride, um, I know that you've had cancer, stage four cancer for quite some time. Can you just start on your journey? And yeah, yeah, I can. Um, I was diagnosed on like in October, 2012, I was 40 years old. I had just gotten back from a a Hawaii birthday trip for my husband. And I had been feeling a little bit like not great. My husband finally was like, you need to go see the doctor. And I actually thought I was pregnant because I had like all of those symptoms. I had nausea, fatigue, and I had back pain. And so my days were filled, you know, we're filled, we were busy. My kids were little. Yeah, I was primary president of a huge ward, you know. Um, I volunteered two days a week at my kids' school. We had sports, we had play dates, we had, you know, all mom things that moms have to do. So my husband said, um, let's make an appointment. And I did. It was like a whirlwind for me. And from then on, it was like my for my appointment. It was it's a kind of a complete blur. Um, it was my second son's birthday when I was diagnosed when I was like in the chair in my appointment and they told me that I had um HER2 negative stage four breast cancer and shocking like the word shocking is an understatement like I it was 
it blew my mind. I, I was like, wait, what? And as they were telling me like how serious it was, I asked them, I asked them, I said, how long do you think I have? And because they said, it's not curable, which you, your cancer isn't curable, but it's treatable. And I said, okay. And I did. And that's when I asked, well, how long are you thinking? And they're like, statistically, two years at the most. And I was freaked out. <laughs> I was so freaked out. From then on, I was like, okay. And it was a whirlwind going from, like we met a lot of doctors and then we referred to an oncologist and through many prayers and blessings, people in our lives, they showed up for us who we didn't, who we didn't know we needed. Um, Perrin had a coworker that his wife was working with um, a lot of oncologist offices and, um, and she referred me to my oncologist that I have had for, you know, 10 years. We had resources that were connecting us to doctors who we needed to see. And it was like immediate. And I was scheduled with all the like the necessary appointments that immediately started from that moment. Um, and we could clearly see that the Lord was in the details of everything that happened going forward. We had many blessings from who we talked to and how everything came together for my treatment. The doctors were very forthcoming, you know, with the seriousness of my cancer. But they told me also that if I made it the two years, I would be a five percenter. And one of the doctors told me it was his job to do all that he could. And it was my job to rely on faith and not to waver. Lisa, so I have a question for you. Yes. What does that do to you mentally to, I mean, I know you have the cancer and you're going through the treatments, but to mentally cognitively digest that you might have two years to live while you still have little kids. I mean, what does that do to you on a daily basis? Yeah, it was really heavy. You know, it was really heavy, like to think about that and stuff, but it was from the beginning, from the very beginning, like I had always felt like I was in a um, protective bubble. Like I felt like Heavenly Father protected me, maybe from even the feelings that um, I had, you know, and, um, and he almost didn't let me go down like that road, you know, that's um, pretty much kind of how, you know, I got through that in the beginning. And I mean, I still do too. Yeah, that I've always felt that way that um, he's protected me probably from myself and, um, and my thoughts. And, and because of that, I'm able to get back up and be like, okay, you know what? I have faith and I know that, you know, God is in control. And, and I learned through these many years that I can't be worried about what I can't control. I have to give it to God because yeah, you go down a dark path, you go down a dark path and it doesn't take long to really mess with, you know, your thoughts. And I really, every once in a while I have that, but for the most part, I really am in this bubble that he lets me be in. There has been different times where um, my cancer has spread, you know, to 
I've had it in my pelvis, in my, it was originated in my breast, um, my pelvis, my spine, my liver, you know, and now my brain. And so. Yeah. I, so I just know that you said that um, years later that they had said that it went from like a, po like a negative type of cancer to a positive type of cancer, which changed, changed yes. the outcome maybe a little bit or the treatment a little bit. Yeah. Sorry. So when, yeah, so I was originally um, negative, HER2 negative, and then it changed, I don't know, I think years later to HER2 positive, which meant, which was actually a good thing because it gave um, me more options for treatment. My oncologist said, this is a good thing. She's like, I don't want you to be worried. Um, let's, because it's actually giving you more treatment options that are going to, that are more successful. How has it changed the way that you, you see other people that might be struggling with cancer? I know there's so many women that have the same, same battle. Yes. I, I have a lot of people have actually, um, you know, called me and we've talked, you know, about a lot of things that I've gone through. Doesn't mean that that's exactly what they're going to be going through. I just feel like I'm able to, I'm able to tell them what I've been through and um, it's helpful for them. I feel like we are able to move forward together. And um, I have I have a lot of friends that have been diagnosed with type of cancer. I guess I would say that you should definitely be doing your yearly exams. You know, it's going to see your your doctor and having those mammograms done for sure. And you know, it's a huge difference if you catch it early than later on, you know? So, um, then like, let's see in 2000. So like from 2012 to 2018, I did have a lot of ups and downs. There was a time where I didn't have to actually get like chemo at the office. Like I wasn't in infusion. I could just take a pill for 18. Like I did it for 18 months until it stopped working. So that was a nice break, like from going to the office to have chemo done. I was just on this um, pill, Ibrance. And so that was great. But I, but other than that, that was like my only like break from doing chemo. So one time, like in the very beginning, it was like one time a, a week and then then it went to like every three weeks. And, but it's been back and forth a lot for different other you know, treatments. Then in 2018, my son, he came home uh, or he went on his mission to Fiji. And then while he was serving, my free floating cancer cells in my bloodstream progressively decrease. Um, I know without a doubt that I was blessed in my health because he was out doing God's work. From day one, we've had so much support. It truly is beyond my understanding. All the love and prayers, encouragement that and support that we've received. So I'll mention a few examples. Even though we weren't on Guam and we were in Phoenix, my Guam family that I met there, you know, from church and friends in the neighborhood, they did like this huge yard sale kind of thing in a parking lot of somewhere. And they did a car wash and stuff. And they sent me, you know, they sent me all the donations that they had made there. And when we were here, I mean, we were here and two of our young women's 
did a project and they did the kind of the same thing. They did like the whole yard sale and they gave me the money, our family, the money. And we had like a shaved ice um, business company that was there as well. And they donated the money they made to our family. Church friends, they cleaned my house twice a month. They came in and just cleaned my house. Um, we had meals brought in three times a week. And these are just a few things. Um, endless service was happening, endless service all, every day, all day long. And I was overcome with you know how much love and support that we were getting. And then like 420, in 420, my second son was called on a mission to New York City. Um, he was Spanish speaking. He left on the 720 and again, continuous blessings abound as he's still serving now. And I know that my health has been protected by the service of my sons. I, I know that. And then six of the year, the sixth month of 2020 in May, that's when a lot of things had changed. Um, I had got a seizure. One night after dinner, we were talking to my family and um, my husband had to call. They had to call the EMT, you know, the ambulance 911 and the EMT came. And as he was doing that, he was just like uh, called for my son who was home and he, he asked him to give me a blessing. And really, I don't really remember, remember that night. Um, I do kind of remember him my head laying in his lap and on my, my eyes and but I couldn't hear him and I wasn't sure what was going on but then the next thing I knew the um EMT team I mean there was I don't know it seemed like there was 50 people in the room but um they they had come and um I went to the hospital by ambulance yeah, I, I actually don't even remember being in the hospital except for when I looked at my camera when I got home. I think I spent four days there. And I looked at my camera when I got home and I had taken selfies of myself. <laughs> and otherwise I wouldn't have like known that I was even there because I don't remember taking those pictures. And I definitely don't remember having my hair on and then having it off in my next picture, <laughs> you know? And so it was just like, I don't know, but we ended up needing to do, um, like I said, the full brain radiation. We thought we were gonna do um, targeted radiation that we were able to get away with that. But um, as they were looking and having tests and stuff, it ended up being um, a full brain radiation. And so, that was a doozy. That was a doozy. It was a huge recovery. I think it took four months to recover from that. And um, I had to relearn how to walk. I was like laying downstairs um, in a hospice bed. And um, we really weren't sure if I was going to make it at that point. I really thought I was dying. I did. It, that was that was it was horrible i couldn't get up by myself and i had to relearn to walk um, i had zero muscle mass anywhere and if i thought that my body had changed before 
this, this was a new level of whose body is this? Like, it was shocking that I was like, I can't walk. I can barely talk. Um, it was just, it was probably my lowest. That was my lowest moment during my journey. So Tifa, I have a question. Yes. I remember I had brought a meal to you once during that week. And, you know, as you were texting me during, you were texting me and you're like, thank you so much. And you're like, I'm just struggling being in a brain that just doesn't feel like me. <laughs> do you remember that? I do. And that, <laughs> I totally remember that. And that is exactly. And I forgot that part. And I'm glad you said that because it was, it was not my brain and it was not my body, you know, for a long time. So I do remember that now. I'm glad. Yeah, that's, thank you. Cause I'm glad that you said that because that's exactly how I felt. I did not know who I was. Um, One of the things I thought was so merciful. I mean, I know that when you, in last May, when you got the brain cancer diagnosis, they put you on hospice, correct? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we were all praying for you. And then again, just your will to live, your positivity, you were off of hospice and your son got married just not too long ago, a couple months ago, and you were there to be able to see him married, which I thought was so special. So congratulations for that. Thank you. It was, I was like, you know, and it's weird because I do get, I get like um, guilt. I feel guilt a lot just because I know that not everybody has, you know, like my desire to, you know, be here with my kids and my husband and, um, you know, I know a lot of some of my friends and some people that I don't know, just maybe through support groups or something, um, you know, haven't had that, that um, blessing. And um, I do get like guilt, you know, but I, but I know that it just must not be my time. It just must be that I have more work to do here, you know, that, that I am still thriving, you know, and um, I get really anxious when I have to have uh, scans done every three months, like I'll have a echo, I'll have a PET scan, I'll have an MRI on my brain. Um, my PET scan is like eye to thigh and um, I get a little anxious, like right before I know that it's go I'm going because like for the time that after I get the results, the time before, I'm just like, okay, just living my life. Just like, okay, I think everything's fine. And then it gets closer. And then I'm like, okay, what if things are fine now? But um, I'm just so grateful that, um, yeah, I'm just so grateful that I'm still here and the miracle that, um, that I am. And um, I feel like, you know, with others, you know, I'm not more special than them. And it's hard to comprehend, you know, that, you know, that I'm still here sometimes, you know? So I always wanna be trying to do my best and be my best and doing the things that I know my Heavenly Father would want me to be doing. I know as far as I'm concerned, you are such a, an amazing example of 
positivity through your suffering. Honestly, I mean, it is, it, I think it's, it's such a great example to people. I'm curious, um, how has the gift of life changed for you? Like your perspective of this gift you've been given of life and of all of us, like, I think we take it for granted, really. How has that perspective changed for you through these diagnosis? Yeah, I celebrate every day, you know, that I have life. Like I wake up in the morning and I think, you know, my Heavenly Father, that I woke up that morning every night. I thank my Heavenly Father for the day that I had. Um, so, yeah, I definitely don't take days for granted. Um, I celebrate every day knowing that how blessed I am, knowing how blessed I am and how grateful I am. What about for your kids? How, how have they taken this journey? They're, they've been really supportive. They've been really supportive. Um, you know, like my boys were old enough that they really understood what was happening. Risa was young and she probably didn't really understand, you know, the seriousness of um, my cancer. Um, they, they've done, they've been amazing, really. They've been really amazing. They've been supportive. You know, they've been helpful. Um, you know, when, when I've needed them to be. And, you know, with COVID, these last couple of years, well, year and a half, that was really hard. That was really hard on everybody. But, you know, for my daughter, you know, she's super social, but I had to keep it tight because we didn't really know how bad COVID was, you know, in the beginning. And she was not you know, social, like she had no social life and that was really hard on her. And I think mentally it was, took a toll on her. I was fine being at home because, you know, I was recovering and everything. And so, but I know it was, it was hard for her mostly out of our whole family, but they, they have been amazing through my whole, through my whole journey. Yeah. And how about your husband? He is my rock. He is, <laughs> I would not be here for sure without him. He's always taking care, you know, he takes care of me. I mean, I'm, I'm functional, you know what I mean? I'm functional. He doesn't have to feed me or anything like that. But um, when he did, when there was those times where I, I was so sick, you know, he, he did everything. He did everything for me. Yeah, I wouldn't be here without him for sure. And I am, I couldn't be more grateful for, for the man and the husband that he is to me and our family, you know, dad, you know. So um, yeah, there's no words that I could express. You know, since it is Christmas time and, and we're going to be releasing this podcast on the week of Christmas, I wanted to just talk about that for just a minute. Um, your faith has been so such a big part of your life. You've expressed that. Were you the family you were adopted into? Were were they of Christian faith or or how? Yeah, did... they were. They, I mean, yeah, my family are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. So, um, I grew up in the church. Yeah, I feel like if I didn't have the gospel in my life, I don't know how I would have gotten through this. Like, um, 
in the very beginning when I was going to support groups, I don't really so much anymore, but um, I would go and there was ladies there that I was much worse off than they were, but they were so lost. They were so, so lost. And, um, and I know that I was like, if I could, it wasn't appropriate for me to share my religious beliefs, you know, in the support group and stuff. I, I mean, but I wanted to shout, you know, that I knew that the gospel, I had that knowledge that, you know, the plan of salvation and um, that we could be together, you know, after life, after, you know, our life on earth. And I just wanted to tell them all of that because it was just, it was just so sad that they just didn't know. They didn't know who they were. They didn't know where they were going. And, um, and the knowledge that I have of the gospel is everything. Cause I don't know if I didn't know the things that I know, if where I would be right now, honestly. Yeah, it's been that helpful to you. As we talk about Christ this week during his, his birth, what are your thoughts and, and how much the savior has impacted you? Um, through his sacrifice, through the atonement, I know that he understands everything that I'm feeling. He is, um, I know he truly knows what I need and how to comfort me. I get strength from my Heavenly Father because He allows me to be in, to allow me to feel like I'm in a protective bubble through this cancer journey. He allows me to experience all the things that I was meant to experience in this life. Um, and at the same time, he allows me to see the miracles that have come from it. Even miracles that have led me to where I am today in my health and spirituality and mentally and physically. And so I also receive strength from my faith and hope and through hope. I have a mantra that my husband and I came up with when I was first diagnosed and it is, um, I have faith in him, I have hope through him, I have fight in me. Um, I'm strengthened by priesthood blessings, um, prayers, music, hymns, primary songs. Sometimes when I'm in um, scans and uh, procedures, you know, music speaks to me. And so I, my mind, you know, just kind of goes there. That's where it goes. And, and I have one song that always comes to me, you know, every appointment, every scan and um, procedure in um, the name of the song is I will follow God's plan. And some of the words is um, my life is a gift. My life has a plan. My life has a purpose in heaven. It began last but not least. My family and my friends strengthen me. They strengthen me by their love, their prayers, their support of me. They carry me. It carries me daily, on a daily basis for sure. The plan of salvation strengthens me. I'm grateful 
for the knowledge that I have of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, I'm grateful to know um, my Savior. I'm thankful for the relationship I have with my Heavenly Father. Through the Holy Spirit, I'm able to feel their love and their comfort and the peace that is meant for all of us. Those are just a few of the things that strengthen me um, as I'm going through cancer, this is my cancer journey. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Candace, for having me. Thank you for joining Whole Complete Self Podcast, where we help you have a joyful life. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.